my name is Taylor and you're listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. And these are my thoughts on eyes and eye contact in improv. The Improv Conspiracy Podcast with your host, Bronny. Hello there, my friends. What's happening? Hope you're well. Thanks for being here. Good to have you. Etc. 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 Not etc. Etc. <laughs> Just like espresso. Today, <laughs> I have the door shut with the space heater on. And I'm still cold. And my puppy is lying next to the space heater because he knows what's up. He knows where to get warm. And I'm talking with Taylor Griffiths. Well, I've already talked with Taylor Griffiths. Um, you're about to hear it. Taylor Griffiths is an improviser and a comedian and an all-around delightful person. She has nothing she wanted me to plug for her, but I'd say go follow her on Instagram, Taylor the Curator. She's always um, posting lovely things, sharing other people's art a lot of the time, which I think is such a nice quality in an artist, and I love to see it. Uh, she is speaking about eye contact and eyes and connecting with one another and all the power your eyes have in improv, what you can do with a look. It's a nice chat, and let's get into it. Here's Taylor Griffiths, everybody. Something that I find that really helps me with improv is if I'm feeling really stuck on stage or I'm kind of panicking for inspiration or ideas, uh, I try to just use eye contact with whoever I'm on stage with to sort of like find uh, whether it's like a connection with them or an emotion that we can share. I find that that grounds me and keeps me kind of back in my own body and back on stage with whoever I'm performing with. Also, it's like really fun to watch people have a moment on stage where they're connecting and you can see, even if it's something as silly as them about to make each other laugh and you can tell in their eyes that they're going to, even if they're playing grumpy men and their mouths are all grumpy, their eyes look like they're about to like just piss themselves. So <laughs> I find that really fun to watch on stage as well. And I think that it's really important for people to make sure that they're doing something as simple as making eye contact. I also find making eye contact with the audience can be a helpful tool as well to connect with them. Another thing that I find really joyful on stage is when I can see an audience member laughing and then you sort of like give them a cheeky, like <laughs> a cheeky look and they're just like, it makes them laugh even more, which is really fun. And I think they feel seen as well. Like, oh, like it's it, it's what makes it not TV and not a movie. <laughs> it's like that kind of connection with, with the audience. Uh, another thing that I remember learning way back uni days, actually, <laughs> in, um, in theatre, we had to do a whole week. I wonder if you remember this, actually, but <laughs> we had to do a whole week where we had to wear masks and it was ridiculous 
I remember being like, oh my God, like, this is terrible. But <laughs> I walked away from that week realizing that um, there's a lot to the gaze, they call it, which is like, the only thing in the mask, because we had to wear these like white cheap masks from like Chadilla shop. You wouldn't be able to use your voice or your, your facial expressions to express yourself. And therefore you would only be able to use your eyes or the gaze and your body to express what's happening. And it was something that we had to do for like a whole week or even two weeks. And every scene we did was just with this ridiculous mask on. I think it did, teach me from watching other people more so than doing it myself I think just watching other people how expressive just a look can be I do remember um that week in uni um so uh, just spoiler for everyone listening Taylor and I did the same theatre course at the same time (laughs) And yeah. yeah, I hated that week. <laughs> yes, yeah, I hated mask week. <laughs> so brutal. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, thespians out there who are like, mask work is essential. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so. I certainly was like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I got to do yeah, an improv show. It later. felt wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we go from that to doing some like hard hitting like. Um, you know, work on domestic violence. You're like, what? Oh yeah. <laughs> or someone, or someone's like, Hey, can we do a piece about being too obsessed with our phones? <laughs> and it's like, everyone wants to do a bit about phones and how they're destroying us. <laughs> I mean, I guess I learned something. Yeah. I mean, I learned a lot in that course and most of it was like that we should like actually talk about what we learned after we do it. <laughs> Cause it would just be like, all right, masks off. Have a good day, everyone. <laughs> It's like, okay, I don't know what I just, yeah. yeah. So uh, I love, I just want to go back to, um, you brought up like uh, that idea of, um, or that thing that you notice in people's eyes when they're maybe playing a grumpy person mm. and, but you can see that their eyes are like on the edge of control maybe, or yeah, they're just like in it. And I think you, this it's not just improvisers. I think actors who are truly in the moment have the same thing, but you can see when someone is like on that edge, like they, they're actually present and they're like with, with what's happening. And I, th- it's honestly like their eyes are shinier than, <laughs> than yeah. other people's. When people are thinking on stage and they're not like have that shiny eye moment, it does look like they're reading, <laughs> like their eyes are darting around and they look like they're concentrating on something and it kind of, yeah, it fully takes you out of it. It's like watching somebody read cue cards when they're giving a presentation in a weird way. It's just like not as good. <laughs> Even if they work really hard on it, you're like, mm, well, could have memorized. Because <laughs> you can see when someone's uh, like, often people think that the solution to being stuck is like they look up to the left and they like try to find, you know, they'll be making their buddy cutting their carrot or whatever they're doing. And you can just see them sort of like, lose track of their carrot and sort of just look for what to yeah. say. Um, and what you're saying is like, just look to your scene partner, mm, right? Yeah. Cause I think like pretty much all the answers will be there for you. <laughs> you can see if you're looking at their face and looking in their eyes, you can see how they react to what you're doing and um, yeah, you can literally yes. And them, if you don't know what they're doing, you can't. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know how many times I've been bailed out by just, yeah. Like, realizing oh wait if I just look at Taylor it'll 
it'll work itself yeah, exactly. out. Like I just got to look and respond. Um, because there's so much information in you, in your eyes, like you're telling me stuff mm. without words. Because also in level one, I don't know if you remember um, the exercise and the reason for that. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember that? Um, that was originally uh, when I first started teaching, that was um, supposed to be like back to back. Did you do it back to back when, when you did level one? I think so. I did level one with you. Yeah. So it might've, yeah. And that was a long time ago. So, uh, at that point it might've been like sitting back to back and I always, I didn't get it. I was like, there's so much information we're missing and we're just doing this, this like dialogue heavy, like cerebral, like storytelling when we could just be looking at each other and like figuring it out together. Um, and so now we do it front on and I find it's way easier to, to succeed at. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Cause it's, you do end up searching around the room and you're like, and the reason for that is, um, water cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My teacher. <laughs> like you just look for things and it's less inspiring. You mentioned like having a little relationship with the audience. Um, and I've seen you succeed at this quite a lot. Like I feel like a lot of the time when I see you perform, you've got like this power to just get laughs out of like little micro expressions. Yeah. What are you doing? What's your secret? <laughs> oh, um, I don't know if they're, <laughs> if they're like big secrets, but I think like, um, <laughs> uh, like the beauty of being in like a, what's essentially a black box theater or where everybody can see your face. I feel like, you should be using it, I guess, but it just seems like just an extension of whatever character you're playing and usually makes me feel more in it if I am using my face and my body and being silly, but it's fun. It's just fun to like um, tickle the audience in that way. (laughs) Even if you're not talking and you see that there's one audience member looking at you and you're like, you know, do something silly yeah. as your character and then they can walk away and be like, did you see that? Even if nobody else saw it, they can be like, mm, I saw it. <laughs> That's kind of fun to me. <laughs> it's like a little gift for them. They're like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so special. Like, yeah, especially because we're in a little small theater, but I think in any situation, um, forming that like intimate connection with the audience as well, especially for such a, in the moment art form that relies on us all like feeding off the same energy. It's why like improv rarely works online because it's like, yeah. we're not, I'm not sharing in this moment with you. And I think, I think primary school uh, did, did perform as a real disservice uh, because you know how, do you remember you were taught, maybe you weren't, but I know a lot of people were um, like, if you were nervous about speaking in assembly or something like that, just, like, look above everyone's heads. Yeah, find a spot in the room to stare at. Yeah, and I see that I see that in improvisers still, like, that hangover from that lesson when they were eight. Yeah. Um, and they'll be, like, in our, in our tiny theatre and they're, like, looking up, like, above the clock and I'm just like, <laughs> look at us, we're down here. <laughs> like, look, like, it could just be when they're hosting even, they'll, like, look above me and I'm like, look at me, I'm right, I'm sitting below yeah, you. Yeah, it's... Look me in the eye. It is funny that because like, and I get it, it, it can be an anxious, like a nerves thing. And sometimes you do have to do like have something to get you through the show, like to hold on to, whether it's looking at a spot or something. But 
um, I do think, yeah, you lose like an opportunity to interact with people, but also because, yeah, like you said, improv is so like, it, it is such a moment and it's hard for people to explain when they get in the car on the way home. So you might as well take advantage of every little bit of it because they won't be able to tell anybody else what it's like. They're just like, it was good. And, you know, and somebody was a dragon and then, so, you know, and then they were in a house and they just can't explain it. So. Yeah. I'd almost prefer they didn't try. I'd rather they just say it was good. You should go see it. (laughs) Cause the minute you start describing it, I'm like, I'm so bored by whatever you're telling me. And also it sounds insane. Sounds crazy person. (laughs) And I, I love improv uh, yeah. you know, so much, but when someone's telling me about a scene, I'm like, this better be groundbreaking because yeah. oh, it sounds like a dream you had and I don't care about your dreams either. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, like am, I in this, am I in this dream? Because if not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like... Um... It's definitely that dream effect, but also the only time I want to hear about a scene often, yeah, is if somebody's done something silly, like really silly. Like somebody, I remember somebody was one of the Burton brothers, like literally injured themselves, and I was like, amazing, that's so silly. I hope mm. he's okay, but that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember um, when Matt Jenner passed out in a group game. Do you remember this story? <laughs> no, but I have heard. I I haven't. I haven't, I don't know if I've even heard it in right. full, but I've heard references to it. <laughs> yeah, we were doing a, ha- was, <laughs> we were doing a Harold and in a group game, he just, uh, like he was doing something extreme and all the blood went to his head and he passed out and <laughs> fell down. <laughs> but we didn't do anything about it. Cause we just thought it was classic Matt in the middle of a group game. He just, <laughs> he just plants on the ground for a second. <laughs> and then later he's like. He's like, guys, I passed out. And we we're like, what? Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that is crazy. I hope he's so. That is sad. And that's a scary thing, I think, as well. <laughs> it's like, when, if you do something like, yeah, if you pass out, people are like, great bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, help. <laughs> and they're like, no, he's saying help. He's really leaning into it. <laughs> uh, Can you awesome. think of a time where, like, um, where can you think of like your favorite or your most um sort of like successful little moment in improv was where you were sharing eye contact with someone or was it like a memorable time i do a show called heroine salt lamps mm-hmm. and there's eight of us on stage often yep. which is pretty big so often when it comes to like sharing the stage you've got to find your own way to do it and I find often my job on that show is to play some sort of like fiddly little, like silly Billy off in a corner being a bit cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> and often I, I get to have lovely moments with the audience in that. And I think I learned that doing that show because there yeah. is like in every other show that I do it, um, TIC, it's usually quite fast paced, like Harold or the remix. Whereas with Terralane Salt Lamps, it's an hour and we're just on stage that whole hour. So yeah. Yeah. you can really slowly develop. Like I can be fiddling with something and only four audience members see it. And then I can call it back later in the show and then they'll know it. Like, and it's yeah. fun when they come up to me afterwards. They're like, I saw you. Yeah. 
chopping that carrot or something and i'm like yay yeah <laughs> thanks <laughs> i remember there was a time you and i got told off in a remix notes because um <laughs> It is a very premise heavy show and you and I just did a whole scene where we pretty much silently made a cake. Yeah, yeah. I was always getting told on. I feel like less so now, which is nice, but well definitely not now, but um yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds like something we would do. And I was just, I was just like, What, we were making a cake? I was having a good time. This is a fun yeah. scene. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> Because it was very physical, and it was just you and I sort of like sharing in the moment together. We weren't really like trying to no. achieve anything, just looking at each other, you know, playing yeah. off one another. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When we were messaging uh, in the lead up to this, you mm. uh, you wanted to talk about either eyes or like tension and silence, and we've sort of touched on silence and tension. Did you mm. want to add any more? Since we've s- sort of segued to it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's using silence in scenes as like a forgotten uh, tool mm-hmm. because, and also it can be, I think people feel like silence is bad sometimes when they're first starting out improv because it can be really quick when you watch other people on, on stage, it looks really quick. So on stage, I feel like often it doesn't feel very quick. It feels like everything takes forever and like three <laughs> seconds of silence is like a minute, you know, it just, everything feels longer. But when you're watching it, it feels like so quick and you're like, oh, I've got to be really quick and witty. It's like, <laughs> you know, I've got to like have quick whips ready to go. But I feel like that's not the case. And often it makes people, like I appreciate when somebody uses silence on stage to sort of either make whatever happened just before it really important or whatever happens just after it really important Mm. to the scene, whether it's like an emotional connection or whatever the point of the scene is or the, the game of the scene. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's very literal phrasing, but like, um, I feel like, yeah, sometimes shutting up excellent it's like the best thing you could do in a scene because for sure if, if something like heavy gets dropped in a scene mm. sometimes the best response is silence because the audience will then map everything they're feeling based on that onto you mm. and you're raising the tension and sometimes you don't even have to respond at all <laughs> exactly i think um it can create like a more dynamic show as well if especially if you've had a scene just before that was like really silly and crazy and like bananas and quick and you can sort of balance out the show a bit if you try to play with silence and movement a little bit and see how it goes here's some advice for anyone who's starting improv i think the most valuable thing for me was just trying to do as much as possible i know it's hard now but just saying yes to opportunities, even if you do a show and you walk away and you're like, that was just terrible. Like that's still something that is, it's a notch on your belt. You can be like, I've learned something from it. You might learn that you hate people that make racist jokes. <laughs> that's a lesson. <laughs> like, Sorry, I had to do less- improv to learn that. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you yeah. don't, you walk away from a, 
a scene, like even if it's the worst scene ever, you'll learn something from it. So just try mm. to do it as much as you can and um, don't be afraid to play with people that you wouldn't normally play with. Like don't just stick to your close friends. Like you won't learn mm. more from doing improv with the exact same people every time. Like, just mix it up. So our suggestion is jet lag. I'm just struggling, struggling to get going today, Dale. Oh, bit, bit rough. I really love my knees are just giving out. I know, but we've got to see Disneyland. We've, I know, are you going to be able to push through? Oh, um. Would love nothing more than see Mickey and Goofy and the whole gang, but I don't know, my knees are just like God. No, I know, but Dale, it's been your dream since since we got together when we were when we were nineteen. You've you've always wanted to we're finally doing it, you know? We've spent our retirement fund on getting here. Oh, I know we've spent our whole life savings. You know, well, every every day is leading up to this. And, uh, I want nothing more than to see Minnie, Goofy, and the whole gang, but I think my knees, I've just got to stay right here in the in the hotel room, and I'm not leaving, is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not leaving. Dale, do you, do you know... Any of the other characters in the gang, or is it just Mickey, Minnie, and Goofy that you know of? Oh, I know. I know Disney. I mean, <laughs> you're suggesting I've just been going along with your dream of going to Disneyland for 50 years. I mean, I thought um, I'd gone along with your dream, but maybe I didn't inquire enough. No, no, I know. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, it's my dream. Yeah, no, it's my dream, but I know all of them. Um, Cindy. Um, Cindy. Uh, jo- jo- Jonathan, the dog. Um, and uh, Ma- Mandy. She's a sleeping one. I mean, Dal. I mean, With the either either you're a bigger fan than me, and and you know a bunch of really niche characters or I think you might be making these characters up are you making these characters up Dal? You, you can be honest with me <laughs> no it's my knees is why I don't want to go after all these years spending all of our money on it um, and I mean, I'll be fine I've got Foxtel um, but no I definitely know, know them love I know Disney films okay so I'm starting to I'm starting to put this I'm piecing this together and I, I think I've made a a big mistake here. Was 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 when we were nineteen the last time I listened to you? Because um, because I remember that you you mentioned wanting to go to Disneyland and and maybe I've just ran with that for fifty years. And you actually have maybe not mentioned Disneyland since then. Well, I mean. Perhaps I, I did see that one movie with you on our date, and 
um, the one that one with um, Goofy in, um, <laughs> and he's on a steamboat and yeah, steaming down and and I thought, oh, it'd be lovely to go to Disneyland. I, I will say, I I guess I didn't think about it ever again until we God. you surprised me with the tickets here now and. Uh, honestly, I don't want you to feel bad about spending all of our life savings on it. Um, and now we haven't got a home to go back to. But oh, I feel like um, perhaps you, I just didn't want to make you feel bad, you see. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, you've um, always been very loving and considerate in that way, but I can't help but feel like a big goofy myself, I guess. Oh. What a what a what a grave mistake I've made. Oh, I thought I thought we could no. you know maybe go on Space Mountain and and finally you know I don't know I mean the reason I gave everything up was I figured some one of these rides might make us just bloody cark it together and I, now you don't even we're just going to be confined to this hotel room because you you gammy knees. Well, and it's all ruined. Honestly, my knees are a bit gammy, but they're probably not that gammy, and I probably could go. But I've just <laughs> got Foxtel. And I, I really don't care about Disney, and I know that you're running with it, and I feel bad, and I should have said something on the flight. And I don't know. I just I love you, dear, and I don't want you to feel bad about you know selling our house and the and the boat and you know borrowing from the kids and getting us all the way up here to Florida. Uh, I should have said something probably earlier. I probably should have, but I did it. And can we just sit in and watch a bit of of bold, a bit of beautiful love? There it is. That's Taylor Griffiths. Uh, Once again... Uh, sharing some tips that do not help for a Zoom improv scene because I'm looking at my camera, she's looking at her camera and the result is... Actually, no, neither of us looking at our camera is the problem. We're both looking at each other's faces. And if we were looking at the camera, then you'd just be looking at the camera. It, It's terrible. Um, but we still managed to do the old retired couple which seems to be, uh, I did edit this part out that me and Taylor did talk about this, um, funnily enough, but it had been on my mind. You can actually hear in that scene that when I um, suggest that we might be a retired couple, I giggle a little bit because I realise that I default to that so often uh, because I tend to be sitting in my chair. I don't think I do it in in uh, real life uh, improv scenes in in the real world. But for some reason, when I'm sitting in this chair and I'm very still and I start talking with this sort of, you know, sort of Australian accent that's a little little frail, um, I just assume I must have just retired. And also, apparently, it costs your entire life savings to uh, go to Florida um, uh, to, to visit Disneyland, even though apparently we are, we're at one point um, wealthy enough to own a boat. <laughs> which I assume was a yacht, but maybe it was just a dinghy. So, fair. We sold the boat for 200 bucks. That's all for today. 
Uh, thank you, Taylor. Remember, it's not about you, my friends. 